Hello and welcome back to another episode of Unfiltered. I'm Yanina Doyle. I'm Jonathan Kleeman. And we are with our lovely guest. Rafael Castro. See, I already got him to practice earlier because he has a much longer name. You can tell from the accent that he has to have a longer name and he won't do it. No, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> actually, to be honest, I respect that. No, it's a longer name, but we're going to know him as stating, I'm Rafael Castro. I'm actually not the bully at this tree. You're the one who always bullies people. I know, I'm sorry. Uh, you know what? I respect you, Rafael, for not giving in to peer pressure. So, yeah. cheers, guys, just cheers for a second. We'll crack on with the wine a little taste, but tell me, Rafael, so we, we are in, we're in your home. Yes. We're in Paladar. This, when did the Paladar open? About a year and a half, a year and eight months, I think, roughly. And and uh, it was only a few months, and you were on TripAdvisor as London's oh, best right, restaurant, yes. right? Yeah. I'm really excited, and I've tasted your food many times, right. and it's delicious. We tasted your food today. By the way, to all of our other previous guests, you all lose. We got food. We got fed. The minute we turned we got up, fed here. we've never been fed before. And very nicely, high protein, low carb food. Yeah, we appreciate that. Very so very pro keto diet. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, you have been. So you are kind of head sommelier here. Where were you before Paladar? Uh, I was at Smilos uh, Midfield in Farringdon mm-hmm. for four years, and before that, I did uh, sushi samba. Uh, oh, open sushi samba, yes. Oh, ah, you open sushi samba. That's quite quite big, drastic changes cuisine wise. It is. It is. It is very, very, very different cuisine as well. Sushi samba has been like Japanese. Um, and Brazilian and Peruvian. It's me. Coming from Ecuador, are you? Do you feel like this? Is this the favorite? The fact yeah, this dealing with this, this, only this, this, this is it. This yeah. is this is this is what I what I what I was aiming for for all these years. But and it's amazing. And finally, I mean, this is the only kind of super premium South. Well, it's not even South American. It's South American and Central Latino. This is it's, a, it's a Latin, Latin Latin American. Yes, from from. Mexico to down Argentina all the way down, you know, combining all the flavors and, and cuisine for for all these beautiful. Also, all the all the colors, one of the most colorful restaurants I think in London. Exactly. It's so cute yeah. in here. If anyone doesn't hasn't been, and also the art, you do art in oh, here that correct, people yeah. can buy and then kind of change all the time, right? Yeah, we change it every six weeks. We change it for different artists. We've been doing the, this is the uh, number six artist, I think. Uh, yeah, we've been having Colombians, Ecuadorians, uh, uh, Argentinians, and Chileans artists. Yeah, so this time around is the Ecuadorian one. Ah, okay. So are you, little, are, you are you a little biased then? Is this yes. your fa- is this the favorite artist? Uh, well, it's one of them. Yes, yeah, it's <laughs> one of them. You can take the boy out of Ecuador. But you can't take the Ecuador out of the boy. You can't. So we our theme. Um, so people are going to be very surprised. What's the wine theme today? The wine theme. I don't know, Latin American, I of guess. Of course, yeah, exactly, you know, we are, exactly. We are, we are Paladar, you know. Although we said wine theme South America, and then we a but we chili. all have bought chili. So, you know, it happens, exactly. which, which I'm happy with because I work for a chili winery. They, they're fantastic. Yeah. Chili's, chili's good. Yay, chili. So, we're starting with yours. What have you brought well, to the I, table? I brought this beautiful uh, um, semillon mm-hmm. from the Colchagua region. And, um, um, in Chile, and this is uh, Casa La Posto, yeah. which is one of my favorite winery in, uh, in, in South America. Well, La Posto are kind of the top, some one of the top players, aren't they? And they they they're from they've got some French origin, aren't they? They originally yeah, well, from the France. Family used to be, I mean, the the, the, 
the uh, originally was the uh, Grand Marnier family. Yes, okay. Who, who started out the, the winery in uh, Chile. And then I believe now they sold out Grand Marnier and they are only focused on, on the wines in okay. Chile. Uh, this I mean, is the last news that I heard, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, I've always found Tupperware really interesting because all its different roots, when you, whenever you go to even when you in Argentina, Chile, there's always either Italian roots or French roots or Spanish mm-hmm. roots. You get all kind of, despite being, you know, South, South America having its own style wine-wise, you do get a lot of influence from, you can always get a lot of divergence and influence from exactly, French, exactly, Spanish exactly. or Italian, yes. and that can be in the same region quite a lot as well. Yeah, so. yeah. I, found, I found that very common nowadays in South America and Chile and Argentina, you know, people are bringing wines, Argentinian wines, Chilean wines with the, with the again, with French influence or Italian influence. Well, and it's now American as well coming down the, the, yes, crossing over now yeah, as well. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, then, and then you can tell, I mean, uh, Italian people or, or, or French are trying to kind of get the same type of the style of, of wine that they, they, they're producing at home. Um, or the influence by Exactly. Yeah, but then nowadays, everything, they're saying, you know, when you do blind tastings, it was so easy before to actually identify new world and, and, and old world. And now... It, 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 all the styles have merged so much more. I do, yeah. So. I, think, I think there's been definitely... It doesn't matter what winery you are, you follow, people follow fashions and what people like and what mm-hmm. people are drinking. So, you know, as you've seen, there's been definitely a moving trend towards lighter, fresher reds, more Pinot Noir-esque. So you've seen Grenaches both in Australia, Chile mm-hmm. and other countries mm-hmm. move. And sometimes it's been a bit faster to move to that style than what the old world happened. So, you know, Spain kind of started to do that a lot more now, but we were a bit further behind but what I like, and I'm glad that we're talking about South America, is recently they just, I read an article that um, Argentina and Chile have both pipped Italy now in terms of uh, wine sales um, in the UK. Everyone well, together? Said, yeah, well, no, 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 separately, apparently. Um, they selling more than the Italians? Yeah, the ranking, so I assume, oh, I don't know, would it, would it be France or would it be Spain? I need to, I need to have a look, but they, they've overtaken that would be sort of the fall of, Pino, the fall of Pinot Grigio? I suppose that would be a big thing that affects that. It's funny, isn't it? Trends. I would love to, I, that's interesting. I'd love to see what people are yeah. bu- are people buying Pinot Grigio anymore. Yeah, um, obviously they are. Still get people, what, we still get people asking for it, but I think it's definitely, it's definitely dropped off. Absolutely. But yeah, but again, they're looking for something new, something different. For example, I have a, a Massey that have a Pinot Grigio with Torrantes on it. So it's, 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 it's a Pinot Grigio and Torrantes. Okay, mixed together. So a, See, but then bad. that's interesting because yeah. you're. I mean, obviously. So it's something new, you know, something different, and it's not that you know. I mean, Pinot Grigio is always good, you know, but sometimes it can be boring, you know. But you are a little bit. It's always boring. But we are talking about Pinot Grigio from, Classic, say, from, from Veneto, yeah, Veneto or, from or, Veneto, Julia, exactly yeah. in Italy, because Pinot Gris from from Alsace. Oh yeah, no, I've had. I've had some great Pinot Grigio from Tasmania. Before, before we get somebody coming in, how dare you? And then consortium, consortium, yeah, it's like you know being friends with vegans or something. Yeah. <laughs> I can say that we're in a South American <laughs> restaurant. It's definitely not pro-vegan. Actually, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I mean, how would, have you have you had any vegan people come in? Vegan people. Vegan. A lot. A lot. Okay. Yeah, they're, they're, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. Like cockroaches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what do you do uh, when somebody is vegan? How, how well, we have the menu, we are stating like vegan dishes, we've got plenty of vegan dishes, and then we are... John, take it back, you know nothing. They no, have no, plenty we are gluten-free restaurant as well. We have 100% gluten-free restaurant. See, this is actually... Ooh, this yes. is, I don't know how I feel about that. Why? What's wrong with it being gluten-free? Because I love carbs. Yeah, but there's still c- carbs. Yeah, 
carbohydrates. You just don't yeah, have. Yeah, I love it. bread. Maybe bread. Oh, but you haven't had the the um, plantain the chips. Oh. Okay, okay. Well, we'll plantain, need to plantain chips are so good. And plantain yeah. chips with I mean, macaroni. I can, just, I can just replace oh. what would have been bread in my diet. But maybe with if you come fine. for dinner or lunch, you wouldn't even need anything else. I mean, that's what people. But I also there. assume there is a healthy amount of meat on the menu. Exactly. Well. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. That's yeah. my point. I'm still in a safe zone here. There's definitely not a, a vegan stronghold. So, okay, I think it's it's actually, uh, what I said was kind of a lie, it's South America pips Italy into second place for, for UK drinkers. Okay, so that makes it's more Chile sense. and Argentina, yeah. and you know, obviously my secret love Uruguay, yeah. obviously they're going to be contributing, you know, Does Chile know, <laughs> know that you're cheating on it with Uruguay yet or not? Yeah, they do. It's like me with London and Paris. Like, I love London, but I do like to kind of have dirty weekends away in Paris. <laughs> listen, we I, I all, always feel like listen, I'm cheating. I we like all have a soft spot, but you know, at the end of the day, as long as it's only a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> as long as you only do it a little bit, <laughs> it's not so bad. So I really like this. So Simeon is a great variety. Is one of those kind of it's it's lovely. Oh, John, Jonathan's already finished don't, his don't first call me out on it. I always call you Martin. Don't tell him that. He really will. You know, I'm gonna be. No, I'm fine. Okay, he's giving me a little bit more. So Semillon obviously is one of those, it's quite textural, it, it has that richness, but often, often doesn't have, it can be almost a bit neutral in flavour, but this has actually got almost quite a nice orangey note to it. I'm actually a massive Semillon fan, so when you picked this, I wasn't saying anything, but I'm actually, I, really, I, think that, I think it is a difficult grape to work with, yeah. but I think it's one of those grapes, and when it's used correctly, it can be a very particular and very sort of has its very own expression, much mm -hmm. like a good reasoning is. Mm -hmm. Different way, but like, like a good reasoning, very distinctive, has a lot of expression, very terroir driven. Yeah, that's um, right. Good semillons from everywhere you taste them. They have that note that says a semillon, but at the same time, they're extremely different in the minerality and the flavours. And I think they're very, very much taste of the where they come from and the ageability as well. For a yeah. white well, ageability, yeah. always great. Well, like what, this year, oh, this is two, okay. And that's so this is La Postel Grand Selection, Selection. Semillon. And it's actually has quite high in alcohol, which is rare for a semillon as well. 13.5. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, the reason why I picked them is because of the color, the texture, the flavor. The, the texture's beautiful. The, the aroma, yeah, the aroma. They're very, the aroma. I think they're very, they're very textural wines. Yeah. I think that's a different semillon. Whether it's in a blend, like you've got your traditional blends like in Hunter Valley or in Bordeaux. So for those who don't know, a lot of Bordeaux whites. Hmm. Majority of Bordeaux blancs, exactly. good one, high quality ones yeah. have semillon in them. Um, a lot of it's a semillon that wasn't used for the sweet. Um, but now it's becoming bigger and bigger. A lot of the big houses will have a big white now, um, like Pavlon Blanc or... Uh, Lynch Barge as well do a fantastic uh, white now as well. And the semillon is so important for that ageability, the depth and the texture. No other, I don't think there's very well, few whites It would be the same texture. if it was just Sauvignon Blanc. It, I, it, it really you can, no, you couldn't. You can do that. But the, the, marriage, the marriage of them together is a beautiful pairing. I think they're one of the best. But I think I the semillon is only fantastic. I think it's amazing. Amazing uh, semillon. I mean, you, if you can imagine this wine is full of flavor, you know, imagine with a you know, ceviche or, or, or our cuisine, you know, on top of Especially if you had a ceviche with a little bit of like orange or nectarine something on it. <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I ask Definitely. the chef to create that? <laughs> no, but the freshness is still re is really there. I'm looking at the back, so I, just like our last episode, how professional we are. Yeah, just read reading the back, the back label. Back yeah, 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 reading the back label. I didn't read the back label to see change. I read the website. I think I read... Well, I, anyway, one yeah. of us was reading the back label. And reading the back label of uh, this La Postel Semillon, the, the fact that it's the Grand Selection, 
Um, they're taking 80-year-old vines from their Apalta estate. And obviously anyone who doesn't know Apalta, Apalta is basically one of the best vineyards in in Chile. Um, and it's effectively like an amphitheater. So you get, you know, sunshine all day long. So the grapes really ripen to their fullest. Um, and this is, that's why. How much... Okay, so a very, very non-wanky back label as well. The description's quite nice. It's not a wanky one when they go over the top as well. Oh, you know, Chile, like, Chile, like Chile, we know what we're doing. Not we're not, we're not, yeah. we're not too into wanky labels. Actually, let's, so we'll see how wanky the other two Chilean labels are. <laughs> we did set the, obviously, the South American theme though. So obviously we happen to have Chile, but do you, do you, and you can you can be honest, yeah, yeah, yeah. do you lean towards Chilean wines a little bit more or do you find that actually you have more of a special love for Argentina no, or really. any, no? No, There's, no, no, no. I'm very natural. I mean, it's, it's always been my, 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 how can I say, my way of, 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 of expressing my, my wine love. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's my first time that I work 100% with Latin American wines for mm. myself. I've always been working for all, all the rest of the wines and the rest of the world wines. Um, I, 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 I like, I think, the, the, the um, um, talents of every country, I think, on, on, on wines. I, I don't particularly choose or prefer anything in any country. How do you, how do you, I'm interested like from the side of building a wine list, how do you go about building a wine list when you're like, okay, so I can only use, so I've, I've worked in restaurants where they've definitely had stronger leanings one way or the other, but it's really mm. the flexibility to still show bits from everywhere. Yeah. So I wonder if, whether it's a fun challenge, you don't, you can only use South America. Mm-hmm. So do you have to approach it like, okay, what, what do I need to fill the positions of where I don't have a Sancerre or this or a Chablis? You then have to find Detroit, do you think of it that way? And try and find those sort of wines that can fill that position from South America, or do you just find that you go for what other wines from South America I love, and you put the of the list up? No, a little bit above, a yeah. little bit above. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, for me, uh, I I play a lot with uh, with my knowledge for, as I said, French wines or Spanish wines and everything. I'm trying to find something similar on the South American style. Yeah, and then pick through them. If I don't have anything on the specific supply, I need to look for it. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm looking for... No, it's, it's, it's obviously yeah. it's a challenge, but obviously it's kind of fun with that as well, because mm-hmm. you get to kind of mix it up and you, know, you have to try and think, okay, well, I don't have a Bordeaux, but I need to have something that could be comparable when someone comes in and goes, okay, I don't like big Melbecks from Argentina, but I want something more like a steer, like a Bordeaux red, yeah, exactly, yes. or, you know, yeah. or Chablis, or yes. yeah, 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 I, I, I do that, yes, I, I tend to do that. I, I tend to, um, to, to, to create that, to, to make the wine menu like that. Yeah. Okay. But I have to say, though, talking Chile specifically, because, I mean, that's where my kind of knowledge lies. I mean, that's the amazing thing about Chile. You really can, just even, I think, on Chile alone, with the, the diff, you know, from the, the different altitudes, from obviously being more close to the coast or, you know, further north, or just everything, latitude, aspect to the ocean, everything. there's so many different styles. And then all the grapes, all the international grapes are there. You can you can be so versatile. It's, 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 it's a shame saying that you know obviously it's a good sign that the UK is drinking a lot more South American wine. Yay. The only reason we interested the data on that is because I'm, I'm concerned that too much of that's in supermarkets. Ah, okay, yeah. That well, happened before with Chile. That was that, that yeah. could that could be true. But, I'm, I'm, I'm but it's not. speaking to I'm wines of Chile specifically, uh, two years in a row, uh, value has gone up. So volume, yes. fine. But, but they have been, I know been, value has gone up. So people are spending more I know, on I know, Chilean wine. I know why Chile been doing a, for the last five, six years a really big push on showing... Actually, since I've become a sommelier, they've been, I've been to so many of their events where it's all been about 
quality, not quantity, about showing what yeah. we can provide. Well, this is one I'm glad to see. This is going to be a good example yeah. now in the next one, these three wines that we're going to try, right? Which is why I'm really glad to see that happening more and more. I think even some of the Somms, and I won't call anyone out, even some of the bigger names can poo poo a lot of South American wines. Like, oh, you know, it's good for like a good value cheap wine or this. I'm like, no, well, that, that, that was the perception before from Chile, especially. There's still people like that who have actually, they, yeah. they, still won't, they still won't take it seriously, even though they'll go, oh, this wine is pretty good, but then they'll I'll tend to. For me, I just look at them and then they're just playing safe. They, they're making like, a, you know. Or they always want to buy the they always want to buy the the wine that's a Rothschild wine made in Chile or no, so yeah. yeah so it's like okay I'll I'll go I'll go Chile but it's still French origins so yeah yeah so yeah and it's, so, it's so I can handle me, it amazes me how many people in the trade are still like that um, yeah it's changing it's changing it is, but no, it's always... better, but it's, it's still it's, the, a lot of people who are in those positions the same people who are training the people coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that, that takes years to um, to, record to really yeah, drain out of people. Nothing, but it's good to see that it is working. If the value is going up, is you're saying you, you have the inside line. Yeah. Um, I think also places like this are great because they give a chance where no one's going to come in here and be upset and can't buy. Why can't I buy a French one? Because we're a South American restaurant. Yeah. So no one gets angry when they come here. So it also I think that because it will take people out that come to the zone, they'll probably ask a few more questions. And because of that as well, they're going to they'll be like, well, I'm a South American restaurant. I should drink South American wine. Um, but do you see the change? And that's nice, actually. The British public are changing, aren't they? Because I, you know, I think there's a travel helps. I mean, you know, people are going again. Portuguese, obviously, a massive increase in people drinking because yeah. they've been to Portugal and drinking wine. The same in South American other countries as well. Makes that's a big difference. That's kind of making sense as well. If you go to a restaurant, uh, you go to a Spanish restaurant or a French restaurant or Italian restaurant. Uh, just get the full experience. Get a, get a Spanish wine. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not gonna go to a French restaurant and have a, like a pasta. You know. Yeah, when I was in Barcelona, I wasn't drinking any uh, French wine. Funny enough, when I was in Barcelona. Yeah, yeah, of course you can't. No, you can. Yeah, no, I'm saying, I'm saying you, of course you can't. You no. can't be there and then just ignore no. all the wines of Catalonia. I, I, found, I found a restaurant with very cheap vegan Sicilian. That was my main goal. Uh-huh. You found a cheap... I got recommended one. Mino Butch, actually. As in, are you saying... He put me, he put me onto that. Are you there's, saying you found Vegas Sicilia itself and a, it was no, no, cheaper? No, there's a restaurant he, he put me onto with like, they always have Vegas Sicilia Unico for about this price on. Oh, going oh down. okay. 130 euros, I think it was, a bottle. Or something so you felt like you were... It's made in there. So that was like, book that before I even went. <laughs> <laughs> like, I need to go to that restaurant. That's, but this, I mean, that's always the, 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 the joy, getting abroad and trying to find a really good winding. It's, it's that, or going into a really run-down, crummy little restaurant or bar or pub somewhere. And, and finding then the wineless, in the, yeah, something that's been ageing or something. Or like, no, the they have no like, idea yet. And they don't realise what it is. The one of the best friends I found was, was actually, it's actually an angel. Yeah. Um, and I was out with some friends and we... Um, okay, well, some... so there's a place, there's a place in London we can go to. Yeah, no, well, I don't know, I, I can't hear the name, it's in that main strip in Angel, I cannot okay. remember the name of the place. We ended up being quite drunk, funny enough that night. But we, we stumbled upon it and they happened to have, this is what, three years ago? Uh, so Winston Churchill, Okay. Yeah, Churchill, 1998. Wow, okay, great For, vintage. I think it was £98. And that's in a restaurant. I mean, 105. Mm-hmm. It was like a, it was like a clubby place. I'm like, guys, we have to buy this. I'm obligated. I'll buy it for all of us. So in the, we're not going to end up splitting it. I'm like, we checked the price. You could not buy it before tax. At that price. Less. So they just must have had it. They've for... had got it. Someone, someone did a buy from them. Someone actually knew to me about wine, bought the wine ages ago. They never sold it because there were people going, they don't know what it is. Yeah. And she's been sitting there and like, yes, And probably please. they have a cheaper champagne or Prosecco or something. Oh, yeah, so loads of loads loads This is the top one. Yes, of oh, course. So then, so then it never sells. And because it wasn't Dom Perignon, Clevers weren't going to buy it. So, you know, it didn't sell. So we were like, yes, yeah. we'll take that as the last bottle they had. Yeah. I'm like, thank you very much. Oh, but I have to say, I just found out about like, the most expensive flight in the world. 
It's eighteen thousand dollars US dollars. So you know what's that? Probably about fifteen thousand pounds. A travel blogger apparently like traded in all of his um, Air flight Air Mars or something because he had to to do this flight, um, and he's recorded everything. And um, you can you can Google it. Singapore Singapore Airlines, uh, super expensive flights, and then and where's travel blogger. From, where, where, where is it from and to? Um, I believe. Oh, no, I think he went from America, he stopped in Germany, and then he went somewhere in Asia. So anyway, whatever. So it's like he was doing like a tour, it was like a cruise. No, no, it's just that he stopped in Germany for a few hours. He got his massage, of course, that was included. I remember that was included in his 18,000. Um, anyway, happy ending for 18,000. <laughs> do you know what? I totally agree. For 18,000, you should. And if I would expect... For 18, pounds, I would expect, <laughs> especially as a man, I would expect that. But I would also expect a jacuzzi. Well, well, if we want it, if we want it, maybe a little, you know, we're not, we're not, not, we're not, not as desperate as you, Jonathan. Not obligated, but, not obligated. No, but just, to know, but just to know it's someone's there... To service. They give you the wink, you go, you have to give the wink back or not. If you don't, you don't do that, but it's fine. Well, anyway, um, obviously you get your lobster and you, even in the lounge, you have a special lounge and you, they're giving you the Wagyu and they're giving you far ground. I expect my lobster would be but, fed on Wagyu. But <laughs> there is just nothing, there is there is nothing that is worth the 18,000. Wait, wait, 18, does, does a lobster get a happy ending? I, he didn't write about it, <laughs> but guess what was their, their house champagne that they were very proud about? Don Perignon. Yeah. I it's was just like, though. so, exactly, yeah, exactly. So I was like, Which at that probably, point... They probably got it for free as well, because it's probably promotional. So for well. anybody listening, as you may have heard from this story, if you haven't gathered already, there are much better champagnes than Dom Perignon. If you're willing to spend the money on Dom Perignon, ignore Dom Perignon. <laughs> if you have enough money to buy Dom Perignon... There are so many champagnes. Champagne. Yeah, exactly. Don't be, fooled by, don't be fooled by the rocks that I got. Well, no, but whenever, okay, whenever you're buying anything in your life, and especially when it comes to something like wine, mm. if you see marketing for it everywhere... Remember that marketing costs a ton of money. And you're paying for the marketing. And every time you see that bottle of champagne in a movie, every time you see that bottle of champagne Mm. anywhere else, everyone everyone talks about it, that all costs money. Mm. So that means when you pick up that bottle of champagne, especially bigger in champagne than anywhere else, when you pick up that bottle of champagne, how much of that bottle you're about to drink, how much of that liquid you're about to drink is the cost of the liquid or the cost of the brand? So now, as Jonathan says, don't just enjoy wine anymore. Pick up that bottle and analyse it. Ask yourself, how much of my £10 am I really getting in juice? Okay, don't just take it off the shelf. Do your maths. Well, I think the other clue there... responsible. (laughs) The other clue there should be, if it's a really expensive bottle of wine, it shouldn't be in every second supermarket, but there you go. Yeah, that's true. Now, this one, this uh, Lapoiste, we're just getting back, just bringing it back. Yeah, bringing it back, sorry. Um, Can you, could you sell this in... So Paladar is not just a, a super sexy Latino restaurant. Um, but you have a shop as well that There's people can come shop. in. That's right. Um, it's an everything. Anything you want, have a have a chat with my friend Raphael. He'll he'll sort you out. Fifty percent off on the entire line menu. You can pick from the bodega, take away a fifty percent. So how much can they buy this? Uh, so this is thirty-two pounds. You buy sixteen. Sixteen, perfect. I can also yeah. mention I've, I, I, I the wines I've got here. I also sell when I sell their retail prices. Very keen as well. Are you sorry? Are you are you trying to plug Twisted Celery? No, I'm I'm, 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 I'm confirming their prices. Oh, you, you're, was, oh, was, oh, you're plugging here. Yes. Oh, perfect. Oh, I, was giving, nice. I was giving you a minute. I'm, I'm, I'm not even name the names. I'm saying that there are some wines here that are similar or crossover what I sell, and they're the, the price is very keen. Which is from out of London, very keen. So I'm, I'm, I'm giving thumbs big thumbs up. Raphael gets a thumbs up. Okay, so um, can we can we we're empty? Can we try the next one? So, Jonathan, uh, another white wine, and I am so excited about this because of the story. Um, but I'll shut up and let somebody else maybe. Uh, Jonathan, introduce the wine. It's your wine. I'm pouring, pouring it over, messing me up there, I'm sure. 
Well, I'll tell I'll tell everyone now it's a pace salvaje, which so salvaje this, means wild. Yeah. So um, this is a, a payas blanc, though. So this is a white payas. So normally payas um, is a great originated from Spain. Was taken out to Chile for a long time. Labels were being mislabeled. Uh, um, wines being mislabeled as Merlot and Cab, and actually had a lot of payas in them. I mean, it's actually been like the workhorse of Chile wine for a long time and was overlooked. Mm-hmm. Pius has kind of, come, kind of come back. A lot of the sort of more um, natural and funky winemakers are playing around with it, but it actually works really well in Chile. It's kind of the, for me, it's kind of the Malbec of Chile. It just seems to grow there better, much better than it ever did in, uh, in Spain. And I think it just shows up a lot better. Like kind of something Alicante Boucher does in Portugal. It's one of those grapes where he um, really does well there. So this is a little different. This is actually a completely wild... Um, Grapevine, there's obviously been, I'm not sure how old it is. That's oh, and sure. I've actually spoken to the winemaker. Uh, okay, so this, we all have a bit of No, and is. the answer is, don't he know. doesn't know. Okay. So basically, the, they, these, these specific Salvaje vines, many of them, if and we'll put a picture up of this wine, that the ladder on the label is simply because they actually have certain yes. vines growing out of trees, exactly. which is insane. Exactly. So there are, there, are, um, there are some in the traditional method, which is in the soil, <laughs> in this wine, but a lot of it is in trees, um, and it's so wild. Um, and Pais, as John then said, is a red grape, um, but they've obviously, they haven't left it um, to, they, 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 they crush the grapes and straight away they take it off the skins so that uh, the red colour does not um, impact the wine, so you're getting just the juice of Pais. Obviously very a very important thing, I'm sure we've mentioned it before at some point, but um, with Chilean, Chilean wines, there is no phylloxera, so the horrible pest that killed out nearly all the vines all over Europe and everywhere else and caused everyone to start um, grafting European vines onto American rootstock. So kind of always from that point on, always a change in the wine and some you know, great vines have never been quite the same since. Chile is one of the only countries in the world where it hasn't, doesn't have to do any grafting. There's no phylloxera because it's protected by the Andes, the sea, desert. Basically, it's, it's surrounded by a lot. It's an island that just a happens island, yeah. to be attached yeah. to Argentina and Peru, basically. Um, it's just, you know, it's a difficult paradise to get to. So it's uh, flocks that we've got there. So when you talk about wild vines, these probably could be some of the wildest vines in the world in the sense yeah. of yeah. they're actually original. There are the original roots. Well, we've, them. you know, they, they, they're still, I think, no one's actually put the certification out there and stuff, but people are talking a lot in Chile that there are 400-year-old pice vines. Um, I mean, certainly my winery is using 150-year-old vines. There's loads of people claiming 200 and 250, but they're old. Um, and it's and it's and it's something. This is the original grape variety that came to Chile. So That's not great. only is that exciting, but this is white. So I'm excited. And this is if you just started um, stocking this yeah. here. Very, in very limited bottle amount of last Friday. So guys, uh, come quick because you know we're going to be one of times when I'm most happy that I wasn't prepared with the wine for the, uh, the day because I ended up getting something actually would have been better. No, exactly. So it's a nice surprise. Um, this is very small production. Well. Yes, yeah, tiny. Oh, there's hardly any. I, I had a little bit of this when I was at social eating house. Um, mm-hmm. and I think one of the first ones that came over, I did a lunch with the winemaker, um, and then I bought some immediate. Everything. I took two cases, and then I was like, "Cool, right, guys, we need some more." They're like, "No, that was it." That was all I'm like, if I'd known, I'd have bought a lot more. Um, it's super fresh. Super clean, um, a lot of minerality. It's Excellent. not a fruity style wine. It's not a pappy wine. This is kind of a serious wine, you could say. It's very linear, very precise. It's also quite fleshy for me. You yeah. know, it's it's very sharp. Um, it, it's very lively. Um, for me, you get grapefruit, and I yeah, I get that because it's almost like that bittery, sour, zippy, zesty, zappy. So it's a grapefruit food, not grapefruit. Oh no, but actually, grapefruit, yeah, it grapefruit works. works. But for me as well, I get just a really that really sharp green apple. You know, it's just this really clean, quite precise, really. It's 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 not 
funky, but it's almost so intense. It reminds me of It's like going a... towards that kind of, that, that purity and that cleanness of, you know, when you get the really good natural wines. It reminds me a lot of, like, it, it leads me more into that side of, um, like, really good Gruner. Okay. It's because it's, it's got, like a, maybe, like, a white acidity, pepper. Yeah. Maybe, I think, as well, because it's, like, so clean and precise and sharp, it feels, whether it whether it's more the acidity or whether it is the flavour, it feels like there is, like, a peppery, spicy note. So maybe some white pepper that might, maybe is why you're thinking. Maybe, you know, it's just Bruno. that kind of, also the acidity in the, the, it's not like as harsh or as intense or high pH as we think, but it's got a good freshness to it as well. Mm. Very fresh. Very, delicious. Very, very so, so this is from Maole. So Maole Natata down in the south of um, Chile are starting to get so much more attention now. Yeah, know. it's one of the sort of rising um, stars now, I'd say. Definitely. Well, it's the Creole varieties. So the original mm. kind of Spanish varieties that kind of come over got really old they're super established in the ground you know dry farm or orange trees <laughs> but dry farms you know they almost don't need a lot of work because they're so old um and now people are actually instead of just ignoring them really making some well the grapevine's been there for longer than you and your father have been there you ought to give probably, it some respect it's, it's, right? really, it's also probably it could be very hard to make it for it not to do well i mean the, the reason that pice was never i mean pice is a great variety this is what the winemakers that i've spoken to say it grows really well in the ground, super easy to grow in the ground, but it's actually really hard to work in the winery. And that's why it always was, you know, people just, they made pepeño, which is, you know, cloudy wine that was just in a barrel for themselves, you know? And it and it was nothing special because also it's really high in tannins. Or it was always blended with stuff. It was just thrown in with other bits. Yeah, it was just, never, it wasn't really good. The way I describe pice to people, it's like, think gamay, you know, or a really light, a light pinot noir. However, with loads and loads of tannins, and there's a great a wine is not very good if it's light in colour, light in flavour, and heavy in tannins. But it's again all these modern winemaking techniques and the movement oh, yeah, to winemakers from how to deal with it, how do you macerate it, concentrate the flavours, make sure the tannins stay low, and and they figured it out. And now, I mean, and what with as we keep mentioning, you know, global warming, UK is getting warmer. We need red wines specifically that can be chilled down that we can drink in what's going to be a decent four-month summer yeah. you know <laughs> so pies you, you, say, you say on the one right terribly rainy day we've had so far oh my yeah. god today has depressed me more than anything in the world I, mean, I find it i find it funny when people like a lot of people like this are affected by like, the weather i am affected them. doesn't by... bother me at all does it affect you as well it was me that's why when i came here i was like it doesn't bother me at all. Were you affected by the weather this morning, Rafael? I find it interesting, though, that some people seem to like... I've got Normally like, not, but today I don't know why. It felt like it was like an apocalypse, you know, like the whole sky. That You can't see anything. It's just so grey. Now there's like a police siren going by, you know. I mean, ugh. Bad stuff is happening today. This is the day for bad it stuff. It doesn't affect me that way. I, don't, I, I find it interesting. I know some people are affected so badly by it, but it's interesting. A lot of people, though, like, again, normally tend to be like... My Italian or Mediterranean friends said to me, like, oh my god, it's a really rainy day, they're like, I can't take this anymore. I'm like, it's just, it's just weather. <laughs> I'm gonna kill myself. It's not gonna no, 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 but I have to say, Jonathan is um, slightly, his comments are unfair today because basically he bought a dog. Did he buy it or did he just take it? Did he buy it? Anyway, this is even in case I'm giving wrong. But anyway, um, Jonathan has accommodated a dog. He now owns the dog. He's responsible for the life of. A, yeah. a, uh, I was going to say a feline friend. What do we call a doggy friend? Canine? canine friend, thank you. I don't know, I don't have dogs. A canine friend. Um, so now he Which says, when I did go to school uh, and I haven't been to school for many years and I drink wine. So, um, 
yeah, he has a canine friend, and now he says that the weather doesn't matter. He loves. He, he says having a dog. This is so cute. Having a dog is pure happiness. No, it's unconditional love. I think that we may have softened. He, this dog may have softened Jonathan's heart. <laughs> there may not be any more moaning and bitching and slagging. Except off. I've already slagged off dog Harry Nolan in this conversation. Well, actually, just to just to bring up. Um, and sorry, you know, we should be coming back to you, Raphael. But um, right, right. you haven't had your rant about. I can't believe I'm doing this. You can have one minute. Jamie Oliver. Oh, we'll do it at the end. We'll do it at the no, end. No, no, no. I'll you can... You can no, I'll, no, have, no. I'll have another drink and prepare for that. You Are you sure? Yeah, but I'll do it. I'll have that. I'll okay. have that joyous, joyous moment at the end. Because I know that you're itching to probably say... <sighs> but it won't be as bad now that you're happy that you own a dog. It doesn't affect how much I hate that, Tossum. Um, anyway, come on, Carol. Get back to the wine. It's important. I just imagine this wine being aged in, uh, you know, like three months in barrel. I've seen how... It'd be interesting well, to see if well, I mean, rather than it being clean, having something a little bit more. I've nutty also to got um, I've got semillon from uh, Dirty and Rowdy, my um, other shop at the moment, which I really love, and it's they do fifty percent in concrete egg and fifty percent um, with a little bit of skin. Again, I think like this actually almost like with that sort of style, like mixing around or playing around with that, and then not f- not um, filtering it to see how much more body it could bring out, how much more rounded. Yeah. I think it's got a lot with the acidity it's got there. You could do a lot to the. I wouldn't want to play with the wine too much, but allow as much of the flavour to stay in there. Yes. You get yes. it with a really bold, you, well, you want rounded. to preserve all the flavour, you know. But you, you, can, you can have with a lot more flavour in it. But obviously, with the skins, you'll be careful of the colour. I love this wine. I mean, th- this one, I, I, I really like the La Postel. I thought it was really, really interesting. But now moving on to the Paisa. Well, what is the this retail? This has got to be more expensive. It's, What's the retail uh, price for this? Uh, 49 Here in the restaurant? Uh, yeah, for the restaurant. So 50 uh, Well, no, wait. Oh, <laughs> yeah, oh 40, I think, yeah, 49 or so something. 25. I, 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 can't, I can't remember right now. So around 25 retail. Yeah, something like that. That's okay. nothing for a wine this good. Yeah, it's, it's, got, it's got beautiful, again, ironically, two whites with lovely texture. This is really kind of sharp, really wakes you up, but at the same time has such a long length and it's soft. It's got that creaminess and a slight spiciness. It's, um... Yeah, I mean, it's very unique, you know, this is what we do, Paladar wants to have something unique from South America, something that stands out for the rest of the land, uh, the wines and, and, and the world, basically, you know, it's very unique, you know, like a Malbec Blanc, I don't know you guys come across I've not tried it yet, no. We, we, we do have Malbec Blanc as well, it's amazing, I think you have. Yeah, um, no, 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 it's not me, but I think one, one the important, yeah. I mean, I mean. You, you I tried, tried it with you. Mm. That was, and it was really, actually, what was really nice about the Malbec Blanc, uh, when I tried it with you, was it, there was almost I think uh, like hints of you know violets or cherries or things. Exactly. It was just there in the background, so the, 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 the it had like come. It, it wasn't. Yeah, it, it still maintained a little yes. something that gave you so, well, an like, extra perfume. Also, that's what the rides. We're interested what also sort of think of these sort of red styles as well with um, sort of more modern, more complex, bigger rosé styles that are coming out as well. Yeah, I mean, the thing is as well now, well, this is the nice thing about South America, you know, there's, there isn't any rules. I mean, there, there, well, there are quite a few, few now. <laughs> there are certain areas, I mean... Oh, but I, I know what you mean, but there's no rules. You can go plant a new grape variety or you can do quite a lot. You, yeah. can, you can start up a new region. Um, in fact, actually, the wine that I brought at the end has basically planted in a brand new region um, and it's got its own kind of DO since they've planted. It's something, you know, you're kind of, you're able to venture out. You're actually able to discover new regions. The one thing I think that's quite interesting about Chile alone is that um, we've, you know, you've got these Andes mountains. Um, there's people planting at about a thousand meters, but that's it. And there's so much more that you can do. And they're saying that they're just starting to plant up much higher 
and discover that. And that's going to probably be possibly the next most interesting thing um, to go. You know, we've gone down pretty far south now. Obviously, my winery is the furthest north and that's crazy in the desert. And now they're starting to plant up in, in the mountains. So there's there's so much more development, you know, whereas whereas with France, I mean, yes, of course, I, they've got I some do... incredible wines, but they're not going to probably come out with something exciting. I do like the attitude in Chile, though. Someone, goes, someone looks at a desert and goes, you know what? I could put some vines here. To be honest, I think, <laughs> I no, I think my wine... That's pioneering spirit. I think my winemakers were just desert. really drunk. Especially I, I some, some wines planted quite high up, stupid altitude. That is not quite in the Atacama Desert. That's in Elki, uh, where they've planted at... Um, you know, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, uh, oh, my gosh. Unless I'm going to say, hey, let's go plant vines somewhere that's super dry and cold and where I might get nosebleed while I'm trying to actually do it. But, you know, but it started because also um, with all the Pisco grapes. They they were planting Pisco grapes up in the north and they were planting them at um, high altitude. So it kind of encouraged them a little bit to, yeah, well, that's planting there. So, of course, then they started planting Syrah and trying different things and it, and it's worked. Yeah, so. but it's, it's good. I like, I, like, I like that. I mean, I'm very pro on wine, be the adventurous style. I like to see winemakers not take a huge risk with your entire brand, but to, to spend time and experiment, to plant, to um, see what they can do and what can be different and change and not just go along with what's already going on. Um, you know, unfortunately, as we mentioned, the world is changing, despite those people who deny climate change. Um, you know, <laughs> okay, the climate's not changing, but the weather certainly is. Um, and so I think people have to keep experimenting, trying. If you just want to keep doing the same old thing, you know, when I've sat there with winemakers, they go, hey, look, you can deny climate change. But all I know is this, when I grew up in the vineyard, I used to have the picking was after my birthday. When ah, I got old enough, the picking... Is that how you're referring? Okay. A, wine, a burgundy winemaker was explaining this to a master's class. He goes, he goes when I, then when I was old enough to start helping picking, we were picking on my birthday, or around my yeah. birthday, and now no, we pick way before my birthday. So he's the so sort it of is, it's really it's actually, he goes, say what you like, but every year now we pick before my birthday, and we always pick after. And he goes, that's how I know that's changed. Yeah. That's how I've seen yeah, the but, that, but that's the advantage then that Chile has as well because uh, you know we're able to plant higher and we're also able to go further south as well so oh, yeah, you've got lots of space changing, to expand. there's, so, yeah, there's so much stuff more you know there's stuff going on and actually I wanted to ask you about Ecuador seeing as you're from Ecuador and I know that you've got somebody coming from Ecuador um, on the 29th um, of this month 29th of June um, and they're making wines well finally finally wine from Ecuador are here uh, well not here yet they, they are they are producing uh, about six years ago and then uh, I'm trying very hard to bring it to, uh, to you have you tasted these wines I have tasted it in here in the London wine fair two years ago and, and they're pretty good actually are you sure it's not because are you I'm led, by, are you led no, no, by emotions no. wait 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 are you better at making wine than you are at hiding Julian Assange um, hiding who <laughs> Julian Assange Oh my god, you no. don't read the news. I don't read the news. Do you know why? Because he was I a WikiLeaks guy who hid in the Ecuadorian embassy okay. for like eight, how many years? Like five, five years? Five years? Well, not really. He's now. No, he's out. The new president of Ecuador was like, I don't like Julian and got rid of him because he's trying to make friends with someone else. And so Aww. it's just political. So they fell out. Yeah, they basically had a breakup. Oh, that's a shame. Uh, and then the police had to come remove Julian from there. He's now going to be probably extradited to the US and then punished for. Yeah, being I don't know what's going to happen with this. Sounds to me like so much exciting Terrible. stuff's going on. But you know, I love that you're like, who are these people? What's no. the news? But does that affect my day-to-day life? Could do. How? Well, uh, journalists being um, imprisoned and silenced for giving away secrets where your government was doing things they weren't meant to be doing. But is that going to affect me? It could personally? do. Yeah. How? Yeah, it could do. It's going to affect the wine industry big time. Yeah, massively. 
How? One of them is secret scabs. <laughs> I need more specifics to be worried. You're not worrying me. You're not scaring me at all. Well, should your government be allowed to do things without you knowing about it? Of course they do. No, but should they be allowed to? They're not meant to. Well, they're not meant to, but well, that's, that's my all point. we... So, Come on, I mean, let's, that's, that's going into the conversation of our mobile phones. We all have a mobile phone, and we all know they're listening in to... In fact, right, let's hope. Let's hope they're listening they're in listening to us, and, they st- and then they tune in. Hopefully, the computer system that is, rec- that is hearing this well, on my phone yeah. is going to say, listen to the podcast. Not how that actually works, sadly. Yeah, okay. Um, records so, keywords. <laughs> podcast, podcast, <laughs> unfiltered podcast. Um, Raphael, so, yes. so, okay, apparently you're not biased... Apparently the the wine from Ecuador is quite good. Yeah, they're very good. Yeah. What do they What do they specialise in? What What is uh, their great variety? Well, they got Chardonnay, they got Malbec Cabernet. Okay. And they got hundred percent Malbec, and then Sauvignon Blanc, and then a Pinot Noir. But is this quite new? I mean, has Ecuador been planting for like forever and only just no, starting to actually bottle start, it and, and export? Or they only started about. For what I know, uh, about ten years ago, I started to uh, to test. Sides and things like that. Okay, so, so it is really a baby what, project. I'm interested why why Ecuador so late to wine growing in South America. Because when so, so many other countries like you know, Uruguay is very established. Bolivia is apparently quite interesting. There's a lot of stuff going on in Bolivia. Well, what they what the cocaine market's going down. Or? No. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> oh, I have nothing to say. Who's cutting down cocaine leaves to plant wine? Listen, I know that Bolivia's got some stuff going on. And, <laughs> Also, but obviously, it's got a lot of stuff going so on. So Peru, but then we tried Peru wine, didn't we, a little while back, and we weren't we weren't too much of a fan. Anyway, you are angry. Equatorian wines are going to be here on the for the 29th for the yeah. media artist uh, in here in Paladar on the 29th from 1 to 4 p.m. So it's going to be the Equatorian ambassador with uh, a, a lot of Equatorian people, and then well, that's a security shot to shit. There we put in this out. <laughs> <laughs> I would know. I don't care about politics. I'm sure. I'm joking. Be absolutely fine. Joking. Then we're gonna test some some. Is this, is this open wines. to people or certain people? Okay. Ah, so okay. if you're certain people, you know who you are. Yeah, certain included, people, of course. Um, um, well, yeah, so. listen. If you're important enough, Sally, speak, I wish if I could, you know who Raphael I wish is, I could you can be there. And I sadly can't be, which is a shame, actually. But I'm gonna be. But you do. But you do events, though, don't you? That people can buy buy tickets to That's and yeah, increase yeah. their beautiful food and wine knowledge. That's all right. And the new one coming up is on the sixth of July, on a Saturday, uh, on the garden. If the weather's good for. Yeah, this is the problem. If the weather's good, no, but we're doing really well. Yay, global warming. We're going to be fine. Not, that's not how you to think about. I know, no, no. Obviously, it's really bad, boo. But for like summer, it's a great day today. Please give me some. When it's raining, you're just looking at running cars, going, "Yes, more carbon dioxide." Oh God, no, anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, Spray your deodorant outside. Um, so you've got this beautiful garden outside. I think that's great. And so, um, it's called Malbec Social. You can have a look on on the on the back. Malbec Social, good name. Yeah. It's cute. And so if people come to Malbec Social, they buy a ticket and they get to enjoy the beautiful summer that we promised them. And there'll be... Five different Malbecs. Nice. So sparkling Malbec, Rosé. That's a very different Malbec. White Malbec. we got regular Rosé Malbec, White Malbec and fortified Malbec. Well, doesn't wow. that just... You know, I have to say, honestly, um, a lot of people in the wine industry, uh, they kind of poo-poo Malbec. And I actually think... I, I do not agree with them. I've always enjoyed a good Malbec. I do think it can be really interesting when they often do these blends. But Malbec, and I've had a, I had an interview with uh, Phil Crossier, 
who is the you know, brand ambassador for Argentina and knows you, so much well, you, about you it. Me, I, see, I, was, I was about to mention it him because he had that big um, seminar and under wine fair, didn't he? Yeah, but and I did. It's packed. packed. I will well, pass it. Good for it. him. It that packed. guy, Phil Crozier, he here. is so informative. He explains things in such a good way. And one thing that I just found really fascinating, I thought this was really fascinating. He does look like, he does look like a grumpy Mark Hamill, though, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, then you need to talk to him and then you can I make him smile. You, you know, it's like, is it the Pillsbury Doughboy? You just got to give him a tickle and then the smile I've comes got, out. No, I've obviously had arguments with him. Nah. <laughs> so like, well, anyway. But anyway. And I like him, and again, he's nightwise. I, like, I don't think it's fun. Probably short of a winemaker from there. Who probably, I think they probably who know Argentina any better. I don't, I don't oh, there's I, no, no who I've he, met he, by mile. Yeah. I mean, his literal knowledge of Argentinian wine is... I mean, when I say knowledge of Argentina, I mean, like, he'll tell you probably the soil in which line for the vineyard oh, he, of every he vineyard. Knows, you know, one thing that I found really interesting, Super the reason why we love Malbec so much is that the, the, the basically the tannins, uh, no, we need to, he's pouring himself more wine. We need, no, we need to go to the red. Yeah, so you better get grab yourself another glass. Um, um, or basically, naturally, what's the word? Poly, 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 polymerized? Is that the word? Polymerized? That doesn't sound right. You know when you spend, uh, when a wine spends about 10, 20 years in a bottle, it, the tannins soften and they actually yeah. become approachable. What's that word? Poly, poly, polymerized. Polymerized, I'm sure it is. Anyway, if it's, if it's not, sorry, I haven't been to school in a long time. So the, the difference about... The difference about Malbec is they the tannins are already polymerized already. And so when you put them in your mouth, your, your saliva likes it and it's really easy to drink. Whereas when we take a lot of other wines, the tannins and stuff, they're not necessarily as ripe or ready to go. And they just split your saliva and send it to different sides of your mouth. And that's why the wine is either perceived as dry or a bit bitter and a bit tougher. To enjoy, yeah, and apparently that is why Malbec is so easily enjoyed. I mean, this was why they, you know, the traditional sense they produce such wines that are quite big and broad, but at the same time drink quite early, quite young. Yeah. Um, but I feel also I think the thing with Malbec is when people always buy cheap, mm. which is this Malbec is such a, it, it has ability to eat such great wine. Um, I can think of quite a few on top of my head. There's so many great producers either using Malbec or using Malbec as the base for the wine, blending with some other bits as well. But I think Malbec is both a very pliable grape. I think it's got a great depth to it. Um, carries good acidity with high alcohol. It's I can't of, believe it's, you're it's agreeing with me. You, you no, I'm, I'm, I'm pro Malbec. I'm with him pro Malbec. Uh, my issue is that the only thing I'm not happy about, and it's, I blame Anouk uh, Valley for this. Okay. Anouk Valley Malbecs came along, which were a bit more juicier, a bit more higher in acidity, a bit lower in alcohol, and a bit mm. fresher, mm -hmm. which is a style. But obviously, the general trend in wine has started to change, where people have started going more towards those sort of wines. And what you've seen is the generic Malbec has started to all go that way now. And that annoys me because I'm like, I don't want a soft, pappy Malbec. I don't mind if Luca Valley, if I'm buying it specifically for that. But a lot of the other ones from the main back, um, from the Mendoza in general, are all going that way. It's all kind of following a trend. And like what Bordeaux's done in the pure regions, where they go, oh, this is the new trend. We need to all do this and follow this. I'm like, no, because you're losing, it's becoming generic. No, but apparently the whole region of basically Mendoza, they are separating it almost like vineyard by vineyard now. Oh, apparently yeah, yeah. it's becoming, so people have oh, talked yeah, about, yeah. people have talked about Mendoza. Being I'm like, generic, being the new, okay. Not, not, not okay, the yeah. higher end okay, stuff, yeah. definitely yeah. But yeah. what annoys me then is like, I actually think it's losing its character where it starts becoming more generic red wine because like, oh, this tastes a lighter, fresher, more delicate, all of them become like that. Like, okay, so where's the big deep mailbacks I expect to buy for the price? Yeah. I think that's definitely better change that I've felt. I'm talking generic. I mean, I don't mean 
top quality producers. Yeah. I mean, like your everyday drinking Melbecks have definitely got lighter, fresher, more delicate, and have followed a trend. And while obviously I'm sure market, I'm sure money wise, it probably makes sense for them. Yeah. It's a shame because I think it's lost some of its character, which Chile hasn't fallen into that yet. I think they've still managed to keep a lot of those. But I think with anything, when anything becomes too popular, that's then it gets overproduced. I really like then... it, and then I'm, that's a I really like it. I'm just a shame I feel they're pulling away from it. But I also understand that marketing and trends and following what people are buying, obviously it's a world market as well. But it wants to be what we get here in the UK. But I mean, your top end stuff is still fantastic. Like, you know, spend, again, it's one of great, I, I implore anyone, spend a bit of money on the Malbec. You spend a little bit more, like double what you'd normally spend, I mean, for home. Like, I would spend £20 a bottle of Malbec, it's going to blow your way yes. compared to spending £10 and getting a general one. £20 you're buying a very good bottle of Malbec. You're buying a, su- and I don't mean like a super good bottle, I mean, you're buying a super good bottle of wine, I'd say. And I think that, you, you, not, you know, I'm sure you'd be someone crap out there for that price, yes. but generally not. And you'd be getting like a £40, £50 bottle of wine compared to French. But to be honest, they say this is why they're saying that Malbec is now being treated more like Pinot Noir. I thought that they were trying to treat that meant that they were going to start making Malbec like Pinot Noir. Well, they have started and, doing it. Well, but I spoke to Phil Crossier. What does this mean? And actually, he said it's about how Burgundy has terroir literally te- it's all terroir driven, and you break that, it down per vineyard. I think if you go everywhere in the world, that's now the way it's going. If you go to Australia, you go to Chile, you go to you know, you're seeing more and more regions crop up. Speaking of someone who's been studying, like for exams, stuff like that. Every year, you go to every country, there's a new DO or a new AC or a new this because everyone wants to try and separate everything down. You know, you've got like things like Mornington Peninsula. You, um, you go to New Zealand, how many places are breaking it down by vineyard now? You mm-hmm. know, it used to be just be Central Otago. Now you've got Bannockburn, you've got uh, Cornish Point, you've got so many other miniature appellations. Everywhere's doing that now. So I think that's becoming the general world trend. Well, people yeah, want to try and put value in the tower. So America's going to come this way. I mean, it's coming this but way. But you do know the only funny part about that is, is everyone's basing down a system from Burgundy, and that entire system was made up by two guys when the Germans put a gun to the head saying, look, you've got a choice. You're going to tell us where all the best vineyards are here in this area. Really? Do you not know this? No. So they picked up, I can't remember how many guys it was, so I'm calling you some of this story wrong. But... He always does this. He's like, I'm not really sure about no, this. No, no, no. About exactly. This, this, this story is actually true, though. In World War II, when the Germans invaded, they went, look, you're going to, here's a map of the place, not deciding where the, the separate places were, the names of villages, but you're going to tell us, it was all just backed by villages back then, not by Tawar, not where it's so rule strict now. Yeah. They turn and go, you're going to tell us which are the best ones, we won't drink those, we'll drink everything else. We won't take the best stuff, basically. So it's like four guys sitting around going, well, well, Merzo's pretty good, this is good, this is good. La Montrachet. So as much as people do all this and talk all the shit, we've never re-ranked that. Same as like the 1855 classification for Bordeaux. It's never been re-ranked, never been revisited. Mm. You know, it's quite a lot. You know, we all agree that some Mercos out there that knock the socks off of a quarter on Charlemagne or even some other Grand Cru's, yet somehow they don't, you know. So I find it, I do find it ironic that the, we are now basing so much of the modern system <laughs> on old system for the most part, it's been but made what, up. But then people who are in the know, they can now get themselves some really good wines, can't they? That are actually almost basically cheaper. Because well, yeah, we do. We do. I mean, I know, I know to, even, even Burgundy's always up, for example, I know some Burgundy's, like some uh, Merceau, where it got declassified to Burgoyne because it was a Merceau Premier Crew, but the granddad was like, ah, oh, it's always looking really I shit. heard about that. What the uh, Dupont Fan, I think it was, huh? Yeah. He wanted, uh, and he, he took some soil from the very bottom to get all the way to the top because the soil was really bad. It was struggling. 
So he took some really fertile soil from the bottom of the hill, put it at the top. They caught him doing it. Wow. And so it got declassified. So you can go and buy a Premier Crew Merceau that is honestly yeah. super. And then I had, and then I had that. I mean, cost price about £17 a bottle. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I, had that, I had that one. I can't remember what red one was. It, but I, I was... You know the one talking about? It's for champagne, uh, champagne Chef Soda. And it's um, and the same producer, an equally good quality Merceau from them. Um, equally good quality Merceau Premier Crew from the same producer cost you. 25, 30 pounds cost price, but you can buy something for about 17, 18 quid. It's ridiculous. So to finish off, guys, um, I've got this, I brought along the Solaris by Le Rompieri. Where's the um, Tesco's? Tesco's. <laughs> this is not in, it's the heaviest bottle, right? It is so super heavy. Um, this is not in, in the UK right now. They don't have any distribution. I'm sure they're looking for it. Um, but I got my hands on it and I'm really pleased. I met the winemaker and she let me, she left me a bottle. So um, if you're listening, thank you very much. Um, retails, if, this, if you look online, it retails, they're saying around £56 a bottle. What so this is not cheap. Name? I can't remember. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll get back to you. A lovely woman winemaker, so she fits within uh, my remit. Um, this is from Colchagua, and ironically, the information is so so uh, limited. I can only imagine. Um, this is that Lacon. This is that Lacon uh, of all the wines they do, and this is a red blend. So I know that I think it's Cabernet Sauvignon, Carmenere, and Syrah. Again, even on their own website. They're not putting that information. I can't find it. No, so it's it's not it's not very clear. So, um, lovely winemaker, if you're listening, can you please deal with that? Um, Bottle this, number two hundred and twenty-three. Rem- so yeah, there's not there's not many of this, and I have to say, so this is um, actually two thousand and twelve. Um, no, it's not. The, no, it is. It's two thousand and twelve. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, That's why she gave she okay. gave it to me. So it's two thousand and twelve. Um, I know that they put it in um, oak for you know finest grade French oak for eighteen months. It's a big, heavy, chocolatey number, isn't it? It's really powerful. And then we decanted it. We decanted it an hour ago, um, and definitely there's a lot, uh, a lot more time we could spend in in a decanter. Um, I really, I, I mean, I've tasted a lot of their wines at different price points. And I think that, you know, they've done, they've done, they make some fantastic wines at all different prices. They did, and I'm looking this up now because I don't want to get it wrong. They, remember I said to you about how Chile are investigating new regions, doing new things. Basically, Wines of Chile created a 2025 plan. And this is all about basically um, getting uh, recognition around the world for all the premium wines. They got inspired by this plan and basically started planting in a place which has now got its own DO and it's called uh, Le Canten. So they started planting. It's quite near to the coast. A lot of their vineyards, very small production. They're the only people there. They've got really, really inspired by finding the best terroirs. And this is one of them. And now it's obviously they're, they're reaping the rewards. So I, I, I just champion anyone who's forward thinking enough to find new regions, to, to plant, take risks. Um, and I mean, this is their, their top wine and it's absolutely delicious. And it, I think it's worth, it's big, big if, wine, big if, it, if it was in uh, the UK, £56 would absolutely be appropriate for, for, the, for this bottle of wine. You'd be putting this up there with some big, big guys. But... You know, it's powerful. It's got that fruit sweetness, but at the same time, it's spicy and it's a little bit licorice and it's got that earthiness. Definitely the complexity. All about power. It's definitely power now. But if it's 2012 and it's seven years, it's already had seven years and it's still not even the slightest you bit of tertiary. It's 2018, I believe. Yeah, it's so fresh, juicy, yeah, yeah. fruity, isn't it? It's not, it's so. Not... 
I mean, hasn't aged at all in the box. This has got, for me, you know, you've got another 10 years before, you know, any problems. I think it's actually a really... But I mean, it's, again, like, again, chili as well, which is a big standard thing is acidity. It's so consistently getting good high acidity in all its wines as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is a lovely, mm-hmm. chocolatey, luscious, powerful wine. So, just, I could have a steak now. Like, can we get a steak, please? <laughs> <laughs> food, food to begin with, food to finish with. Now, that's what we've got to aim for. Thank you so much for talking to us today and uh, talking about South America. Any predictions for the South American market to finish off with? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Today, let's see. Do you want to have your Jamie Oliver rant? No, we'll leave, we'll leave it. We'll leave it. We'll leave it. I think best thing. of luck to everybody because, my God, if all of his restaurants have gone into administration. Most people around the media always go, oh, you shouldn't criticise him because of the people losing their jobs. I feel really sorry for anyone who's losing their job because of him. But I do want to know this. What annoys me the most, not just him, but when anyone in this opposition does this, but I've been calling him out for years for being bullshit. Is that um, he's not going to be any poorer? He's not going to lose any money because most of it isn't his shareholder anymore. He's sold most of that off. He's still going to be sitting there on millions of pounds, still pushing out all his cookbooks from a sixteen-man writing team. Idiots will still buy them. So those members of you, the public, who buy his fucking cookbooks, buy his bullshit products, you're part of the fucking problem. <laughs> he gets you. angry. I really he gets fucking angry. hate Jamie. Okay. Good. But there yeah, we go. So, um, Rant over. Yeah, so sorry for the people losing their jobs, but he's a dick. Um, and he can't manage restaurants, as we've now learned considerably. <laughs> the good news is, where some restaurants disappear, other restaurants are here to fill that that void. Exactly. Now, we're in one here, of those beautiful places we don't now. do pasta, do we? But there's we a bloody good those people. empanada. Yeah. If you so, want to start eating real food, we can Delicious empanadas, the plantain crisps with... Um, yeah, no, I'm coming back with plantain crisps. You're out there. Tuna tartar, oh god, yes. And what's the one that I loved the last time? It was like a pork, it was pork. Um, and there was some crispy bits in it, and it was almost a bit sweet. Pork belly. Could have been pork belly, how do you do it? Chicharron. Yes, it was, oh my god, it was chicharron. How did you do that? That was delicious. Go in the oven and fry it and cut it into small pieces, and then a sriracha sauce, which is the... This, it must have been the sauce. Sweet and sour, yeah. Sweet and sour sauce. The chicharron, everyone, the plantain cr- uh, chips, the chicharron, guacamole, the empanadas, and, you, and tuna tartar, uh, and octopus. Oh, Sorry, so, so guacamole, for those millennials out there, crushed avocado. Um, Make you make them, bring them Stop in. it. They don't, no, they don't, Stop don't, don't it. Do Stop okay. it. Anyway, um, thank you so much for having me. Uh, we appreciate it. And we will carry on drinking. Cheers, guys. Thank Cheers. you very much. Thank you.